Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. It's Let's ride. for the words that are recited before each and every game here at Dodger Stadium. Take it away, Finn. It's time for Dodger Baseball. What is going on, Dodger fans? Thank you for listening to another episode of the Incline Dodgers podcast. We're presented by Fansided, recording the evening of August 8th before the Dodgers begin a two-game series with the Arizona Diamondbacks. Your Los Angeles Dodgers currently stand at 65-46, and 46, which is good for four games ahead of the San Francisco Giants for first place in the NOS. This team's rolling right now. They swept the Oakland Athletics. They took three of four against the San Diego Padres. We're going to dive into that. You guys asked some good questions this week as well, so we'll cover that. Where to start? I mean, this series honestly wasn't even close. Outside of one bad inning, the Dodgers basically had the Padres number all series long. They improved to 8-2 and two against them. I think the record is now 8-1 and one since that Kershaw billboard, or I should say Kershaw Jumbotron incident. That has just been the curse for the Padres this year. Oh, this was good, though. I mean... We could start with yesterday's game. They were down 5 nothing. Tony Gonsolin gave up five runs in the third inning, and the Dodgers had a resurgence, eight runs, immediately in the top of the fourth off Seth Lugo, capped off by Mookie Betts hitting another grand slam this season on a 3-0 pitch. Jake Reiner, what's going on? How you doing? Great. The Dodgers always take care of the Padres during the regular season. Historically, every single year, the Dodgers are just dominant uh, of this team. It doesn't matter who's on the roster, if they're good, if they're bad, if they're underperforming or overperforming. They seem to always take care of business with the Padres. Just we just have to hope they don't. We don't see them in the playoffs. That's all. I I mean we we saw that last year where the Dodgers completely dominated the Padres, um, and then in the playoffs it was like a completely different team that they were facing and a different vibe. This Padres team just seems very out of sorts. They don't seem like they're playing together at all. Uh, there's no cohesion. There's no leadership. Uh, it's it's just a bunch of dudes who have an immense amount of talent that can't put it together all together, um, which is kind of bizarre when you think about how successful the Giants have been in comparison and where they are in the standings. But this was a great uh, a great series, a great statement series for the Dodgers, and and this offense continues to carry this team. It's going to this offense is going to take them as far as they'll go. Uh, they're going to need to slug their way through the playoffs to to make up for this pitching staff, which you know on any given night can be absolutely horrendous, or they can be really great. So they're so inconsistent on the pitching side of things. The offense has been the most consistent this season. Absolutely, Mookie Betts, thirty-one home runs, seventy-five RBIs, nine sixty-six OPS. He's got five home runs against the Padres this season with runners in scoring position. He has been clutch god, three forty-nine batting average, four sixty on base, and f- uh, five home runs, forty-seven RBIs. David Rosenthal, you were a little high on the Padres to begin the season. 
don't know where you stand now. How you doing? I mean, I'm doing great, and so are the Dodgers. My opinion of the Padres hasn't really changed. Uh, that is not a team you want to run into in the playoffs. It's just not. Based on just the pure talent alone, give me anyone else besides the Braves in the NL. Uh, I'll take the Cubs. I'll take the Giants. I'll take the Marlins. I'll take the Reds, Diamondbacks, anyone in the NL Central. You know, when people say culture matters, I think this is a this is a perfect example. Um, they have no leader. They, they There is no leader on that team. That is what happens when you have Manny Machado as the de facto leader. Hell of a player. Amazing Hall of Famer. Incredible baseball player. Not a leader. He's just not a leader. And they paid him. He was the first guy they paid. And he hasn't led the, he hasn't been able to lead this team. He hasn't been able to change the culture. I'm not really going to put it on the manager. Uh, I don't think this is Melvin's fault. I don't think it was Tingler's fault. I think it's just a bigger issue at play here. And it's kind of proving, at least in the regular season, that no matter how much talent you have, it doesn't necessarily going to translate into a bunch of wins or a division title or even a playoff berth. That being said, your initial question, I still feel the same as I did at the beginning of the year. This is not a team you want to play in the playoffs. Well, also to that point, the way that the Dodgers have built their team versus the Padres, if you line the, the players up on paper and you look at which team has more overall talent, I think a lot of people would say the Padres. Oh, yeah, but, I would. But the Dodgers, what, what's been working for the Dodgers is they have that culture. They have that leadership. They've put together a bunch of guys that just want to win. Kike Hernandez, Jason Hayward, David Peralta. These guys are, you know, could be looked at as past their prime, but they're playing like they're in their prime. They're playing like they've got something to prove. They're playing like they've got something to win. The Padres aren't playing that way. They've got Manny Machado in his own world, Juan Soto in his own world, uh, Tatis in his own world. They're all kind of just playing for themselves, it seems. There's no playing together. And that's why the Dodgers are working so well. That's why the offense works so well, because it's contagious. These guys are playing together, and they're doing it beautifully. But I think it has a lot to do with the personnel that the Dodgers have versus the Padres. Jason Hayward has a higher OPS than Manny Machado, who got 350 million. He has a higher OPS than Xander Bogarts, who got 280 million. And he has a higher OPS than Jake Cronenworth, who they gave him like seven years. Padres are really just underperforming. I think a lot of the blame has to go on the culture. And I think that starts with Bob Melvin. I'd be surprised yeah. if he survives the season unless they turn it around Nationals, Braves, Philly style in the next 50 games. Well, the Dodgers are a regular season machine. They are a well-oiled regular season machine. Everybody has an intention and a role on this team. Andrew Friedman has built this team that way, where everybody is going to have a very specific role. You're going to expect something, but not the world from each single player. And it's the complete opposite with the Padres. They, they compiled... A, a, a mod podge of superstars and just threw them out there and said, well, let's hope this works. We're all going to just play baseball and hope this works. It's not how the Dodgers operate. A lot of it is to our ch chagrin. You know, the Dodgers, sometimes we don't want to see them platoon guys. And where is this guy in the lineup? Why is he hitting here? Why aren't we calling this guy up? It's a regular season machine that never fails for the last 10 years. Uh, whether that's translated to the playoffs or not is a completely different story. Uh, fully translated one out of the last 10 years. Uh, but in terms of the Padres, I mean, I, I don't even know what the cure is for that team. 
think a lot of credit needs to go out to Robert Van Skoyok. He got some oh. criticism earlier this season, but you just look at the adjustments some of these players are making. Look at James Altman. Yeah. He's on he's been on an absolute tear in the second half. I mean, even against the Padres, he went seven for 14, had a home run off you Darvish, made an incredible defensive catch to Rob Fernando Tatis Jr. of a two-run home run. Tatis was a non-factor the entire series. Uh, Altman's hitting 361 since the All-Star break. He has 1,044 OPS. David shared it this morning. He has the highest on-base percentage of everybody in Major League Baseball at 519. And then we already talked about Jason Hayward. David Peralta's the name break. hasn't come off, but hasn't come up. But David Peralta's basically been hitting 300 the last month. And then Mookie mm-hmm. Betts, Freddie Freeman. We'll get into more Freddie Freeman in a minute. But... And then the new guys, Kike Hernandez and Ahmed Rosario, whatever Van Skorik's preaching to them, it's working. Right now, this is the best the Dodgers offense has ever looked, maybe since the 2020 season. I agree. I mean, it's just a, a model of consistency that I, I've not seen before where you you really think that there uh, uh, there's no deficit that they can't overcome. I mean, they've shown being down five runs, being down, you know, six runs, whatever the case is, three, two, doesn't matter. You always feel like you have a shot with them. And so when the Dodgers were down five, nothing in the final game against the Padres, I was sort of thinking like, well, that's, that's brutal. And it looks like we're having, you know, another Tony Gonsolin disaster here. Um, And, and overall it kind of was a disaster if, if the offense didn't spring up for eight runs in the next inning, but I felt like if you're down by that much early on, this offense can come back there. They can chip away or they can come back all at once. Um, It's just been a a beautiful thing to see. And I don't think anybody could have predicted this. Yeah. I mean, already talks about Mookie Betts. He is third in the national league in war. Freddie Freeman is second. And now I think Atlanta Braves have to Atlanta Brave fans have to accept there's a real race going on between Ronald Acuna Jr. and Freddie Freeman. I mean, this is the best Freddie Freeman has ever looked in a Dodgers uniform. You could argue ever. his career, 23 home runs, 80 RBI, 16 steals. He's got a 340 batting average, 418 on base, 595 slugging. With runners in scoring position, he has been their best hitter, 381 batting average, and he's a 420 batting average, 1,200. 55 OPS since the all-star break and phenomenal defense, zero errors. I mean, you talk about an offensive machine. He's an offensive machine. I mean, Oral Hershiser pointed it out. You can't throw the ball anywhere. I mean, he can cover every single part of the plate. He can get hit to any part of the field at any time. That at bat that he had against Rich Hill, where he was, where he was battling and fouling pitches off and taking tough pitches and then eventually hits a three-run shot. Like that was an amazing at bat to watch. Just his ability to stay in there and and not not give up on an at bat and follow through with a with a homer. I mean, that was that was textbook. I don't think people realize how hard that pitch is to take that he took on two and two. It was a left-handed hitter, left-handed pitcher, sweeper across the zone to just outside of the zone. I mean, I used to be a left-handed hitter, and that is the hardest pitch to lay off of, a sweeper or a slider or a curveball that's that's just tailing in the zone and then out of the zone. And he took it like it was no big deal, and then the next pitch hit the home run into the right field bleachers. So he, I, he, this is by far the best I've ever seen him look, including Atlanta. 
Well, yeah, yeah, you and you said that the other night when I was hanging out with you, David. Like you, you were saying, I don't think I, I don't remember him looking this good in an no. Atlanta Braves uniform. And you kind of just said that, you know, based on kind of your your memory of him as a Brave, but it's actually true. Yeah. They also got a really cool camera shot of Freddie Freeman hitting that home run on ESPN, despite how atrocious the broadcast was. Ugh, broadcast. I don't know how so bad. Dude. I don't know how Tatis has never heard of Anchorman when you live in San Diego. Just also, but why, but why is Paul Ravage asking him about like, that? No, like exactly. I don't so know. So dumb. Carl Ravage had no idea what was going on. I think is, that was the same so broadcast bad. where they were bantering about why is it Matt Olson second in the MVP running? It's like, where have you been? Matt Olson's good, but he's not ahead of Mookie and Freeman. No, Carl Mookie Roberts Betts, Mookie Betts will finish tonight. third. Mookie Betts yeah. is, you can lock him into third in the MVP race. Can't complain about that. I mean, killing it this year. I mean, yeah, overall Dodgers really held it together. Gonsolin was bad. Got a question about Gonsolin. We'll get to that in a second. Oh, the so bull, bad. The bullpen management for the most part was solid. That uh, game two in the eighth inning, I don't know what was going on with Almonte and Ferguson, but it's not what you need to. That's not the combo you go to in that situation. Ferguson has been in a real rut. I don't know why you would put him in against the heart of the do we, order. Do we want to do we want to talk about that real quick? Sure. I mean, it was a bad decision. You have Evan Phillips available. Why wouldn't you go to him? I, I don't think it was a bad decision. And here's why. The Dodgers are up three to one, correct? Yep. And and they and they and this was game two. They bring in um they bring in El Monte and then they bring in Ferguson and they were both terrible. I think in a regular season game, you gotta know what you have. You gotta know who's going to be a guy for you in the playoffs. This is the time to test that in high leverage against a potential playoff team. Who knows? But but the atmosphere is certainly playoff atmosphere uh, at Petco Park. You got to see what you have. So you bring in El Monte, and he just was bad. He was terrible. And yep. Ferguson too, who has been good in the past and has been able to get out of jams, he was even worse. So I thought that that was a fine. Those were fine decisions to make. And yeah, you could argue that not bringing in Evan Phillips to face the heart of the order is probably the right move. And I, I, I might agree with you on that, but I just don't think that a lot of the fans that are coming down on Dave Roberts for those decisions. I mean, I, 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 in terms of the, the, uh, the, the, the decisions he's made historically, his bad decisions that he's made historically, this goes nowhere near that. No. And it also wasn't even the heart of the order. It was either eight, nine, one or nine, one, two. So not quite the heart of the order. Phillips had pitched. It was yesterday. the heart of the order after Almonte got in trouble. Almonte starting the game. Yes, was, I'm saying. I'm saying it wasn't to start the issue. The it was going to Ferguson after. Was, that's where I have an issue. It was literally a repeat of what they did in the NLDS game right, for last but, season. But they brought escalated. in Ferguson to face Soto, didn't they? Exactly. Not? But yes. who's behind? Who's behind him? I mean, yeah. Why I get are you that, pitching but... a Manny Machado? with a base but, open but and Ferguson, two runners Fer in scoring position. Machado's been hitting Machado's hitting 343 against lefties this season. You had a base open, you could set up the double play with guys that aren't as good, but you choose to pitch to Manny Machado, that's not a good move. Was it second and third at that time? Yeah, but second you don't really third, one he out. couldn't really throw strikes. Didn't he just walk somebody? 
he was already looking like ass. You don't want to load the bases and make him throw the, strikes. Gave up the hit to Soto, right? It was a soft. Either soft way, I, I agree with Kike Jake. The point threw it away. That was what happened. Yeah, that was bad. The point is, it is a regular season game. If that was a playoff game, I don't think you would have seen those two guys in that situation. I really don't. I think you would have gone to the hot relievers who are pitching the best at the moment. But in the four game series, you wanted to get Almonte in there because he didn't pitch in game one. And then you went to Ferguson because of Soto coming up and who Ferguson's been pretty good all year. And to Jake's point, you want to see how he does in a playoff type atmosphere and he shit his pants. So now that's valuable information that Dave Roberts can have be like, Oh yeah. Remember when Caleb Ferguson shit his pants in San Diego in a high leverage situation, which is valuable information. Now, the next time you go to Vestia and you see what he did, and then you see how the lefties work out. And then you see who your go-to lefty is. If this, if this was a one game lead in the pot in the division, the Padres were in second. I'm with you. Then you need to win that game. Then you need to probably go to Phillips in that inning. But Ferguson in this situation, the night in this context, run, so he was bad. He was I think bad the, the one series. gripe, the one gripe I would agree with is I would have gone with Vestia instead of Ferguson. I wouldn't have gone with Phillips though. Not in that game. Not in that specific game. Those guys got to yeah, just I mean, perform. Vestia hasn't been better. Yeah, I mean, he has. He's been really good recently. You go, you 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 go with Phillips in the ninth if if they had the lead. Yeah, that's he, the, he was gonna do that for sure. And then he didn't he didn't end up pitching the rest of the series as it turned <laughs> out. But but you can't predict that. Yeah, you can't if predict pitches that. in game two. And he's also, done for game three. And also and also Ferguson has been a high leverage guy before. I mean, he's been a little inconsistent this year where he's had good stretches and bad stretches. But generally speaking, he's a high leverage guy. He's one of the guys that that Dave Roberts wants to rely on. And so absolutely you bring Vesia him in through there, 22 pitches and, the night before. He wasn't going to use him. And he exactly, and, though, that's so you had to go to Ferguson. You go to Phillips. I already said this. And we knew who we were facing the next day. They were going to rock. Aren't Rich you team Hill. Evan Phillips for closer? Yep. Yeah, four well, or five out save. Oh, no, you're not bringing him in. You're not after Hell the yeah. day. He, he pitched, pitched he yesterday. He pitched two innings the, last, yes, the, the night yes. before. You're not doing so. two up and downs on back-to-back days. You're just not. Anyone in with a, a brain knew we were going to rock Rich Hill because Rich Hill is bad and we've always killed him. And then Seth Lugo, I mean, he would have had a night off, but I mean, come on. It's Seth Lugo. You're not doing that for a random game when you're up five not games a random division. game. It's a divisional it game. Well, it's it's also in early August or July. If Evan Phillips goes down with an injury, it's over. All of it over. You can you got to protect this guy for the stretch run. I'm just saying they, it's that was the only grip I had with the series. Other than that, Dave Roberts did a good job, but it's little red flags like that that have me scared for the playoffs because we don't know. Well, you what, know, well, you right? should Kevin, be scared, Kevin. You know. You you know Dave Roberts is prone to do this. Yeah, this, this is this not yeah, That's my he point. Does this, that's he does point. this all the time, but in that in that in that specific instance, th- this it does not it doesn't he apply lost. because of the situation. No, the situation clearly dictated. You go to Evan what are you Phillips. worried? You know what you're going to get with Dave Roberts. Yeah. You know what you're going to get with him. Well, then that's not good for the playoffs, is it? No, well, it's not, that. and it never will be, and that's, that's never going to change. Well, Guess never, what? I, I want to see team, my manager make adjustments. He will never do that. Never. He is who he is. Well, he did and, it in 2020. Actually, and this, he did do. He did make some adjustments after some horrendous moves yeah, yeah. preceding those adjustments, but. This team has to win despite Dave Roberts. Yep. That's plain and simple. That They're going to have to win despite him making a few just insanely colossal decisions. You know they're coming, but this team has to overcome that. That's that's what you have. 
That's what you're looking forward to. Yep. Might not be possible with this bullpen, although we got some reinforcements coming, which bring up later. Thanks to our listeners. First question on X coming from GD Luhash. X. <laughs> That's what it's called. I told you Elon would kill Twitter. <laughs> Seems to be working just fine. He did. Does Gonsolin finish the year as a starter? I would like to take this one. Okay. Yes, but he is not sniffing, sniffing the mound in the playoffs. It's over for him. They'll 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 trot him out there in the regular season because they got a five game lead. They don't really have a ton of options just waiting. Uh, Kershaw is going to come back. That might signal the end for Gonsolin. Oh, put him on the IL. Your back hurts. No, it doesn't. Yes, it does, Tony. But in the playoffs, <laughs> absolutely not. There is no chance you can let this man touch the mound in the playoffs. You have way too many better options. People are going to say, well, you only got two starts out of Lynn, maybe Yarborough. It doesn't matter. I'd rather have a bullpen game than send Gonsolin out there. He's proved it in the playoffs. He can't do it. He's been atrocious all year. Granted, he might be hurt, which is fair and would explain something, but that doesn't change the fact that he's been ass, straight ass. If he touches the mound in the playoffs, we're fucked. I mean, I agree with David, but it's plain and simple. The Dodgers didn't make enough moves at the trade deadline, and they're rolling out an injured Tony Gonsolin. Dave Roberts actually said he is injured. We don't want to say what it is, but it's bad. That's not a good thing if you're throwing out a starter. You don't throw out injured starters. That just is going to escalate the injury. I wouldn't be surprised if Tony Gonsolin is put on the aisle any week and has to get Tommy John surgery. It sounds pretty bad. It's not, they're not doing it if it's that bad. This is probably Roberts running cover for his, the human being that is Tony Gonsolin. Yes, I think there is a lingering issue that's been bothering him, but he's not, it's not forearm tightness. They're not sending him out there with that. Something yeah, with the arm, his velocity's down. It's not going to be Tony Gonsolin in the playoffs. It just isn't. Uh, I, even if he is 100% healthy, he's just not been good. And also, I mean, if he really is hurt, then they would put him on the aisle because, yeah. I mean, they they have people that can. Come. I mean, Gavin Stone has turned it around in AAA. They could bring they could bring up starters to to do this. They could make Ryan Yarbrough an actual starter. You know, he like, hands in AAA right now. Right, exactly. Bring up, yeah, exactly. I, I don't even know why I went to Stone first. Sheehan would be the guy to bring back up. I mean, they not could eligible. Yeah, not yet. Not yet, but he will be. Well, if you put Gonsolin on the IL, you've been complaining he is. during every Sheehan start. Now you're throwing his name out there. He's eligible if you put Tony on the I.O. I've been complaining during Sheehan starts when yes, he's been bad. Say, yeah, his control has been pretty bad the last few outings. He had one great start. Not saying Sheehan is someone you should give up on, but he's his not last his start. Stuff, his his last, stuff is nasty. His last start was great, I thought. Didn't he pitch five scoreless innings or something? I think he pitched he came well. out of the bullpen through four. Yeah, okay. didn't he finish that game? Yes, and we got a we got a text from Jake mid-game. Jesus, Sheehan. Well, he was pitching pretty bad at that time. I would say that for anybody that was having a bad outing. I'll tell but, you though, his I rather, want I want Gavin Stone up. That Sheehan's changeup and fastball combo is disgusting. Give me that. Give me that any day of the week over Tony Gonsolin. If that's agreed, the, if, if that's we what we're deciding between. July sixteenth, they removed Tony Gonsolin after fifty four in it, after fifty four pitches. Something about Gonsolin should be protected. On June 12th, Roberts revealed Tony Gonsolin is battling some health recovery issues. On May 30th, Tony Go- Dave Roberts doubled down 
something about Tony Gonsolin's recovery. We're in August 8th now. They've been talking about his recovery and health issues for over two months. Like, what the hell are they doing? I know yeah, well, we're we, short-staffed because of the injury. He's been doing this for years. So it's every year it's with something with him. It's, it takes him forever to get back. Yeah, it's just more of the same, like, not being transparent from Dave Roberts and the Dodgers staff on their players. It's just they 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 misdiagnose things, they miscalculate the returns of these guys. It's just another one of those. And it's and it is it is frustrating. And despite the Gonsolin struggles, they've won five out of his last six starts. And he'll be posting about it on Instagram after he gives up six runs. W is a W, baby. This episode is brought to you by Tick Pick, proud sponsor of the Incline Dodgers podcast. Download the TickPick app today and get no service fees on your checkout. That means the price you see is the price you're paying. The Dodgers are winning the division right now. This is your chance to go to Dodger Stadium and support your team. The Dodgers fans, they need you. Let's support them. If you're going to any concerts, you're going to hear a hater later on a certain artist. You can get your concert tickets over at TickPick. It's as easy as downloading the app and boom. Concert tickets, sporting event tickets, NFLs around the corner. Tickets are yours. Uh, another announcement. If you want more Incline content, I've just partnered up with Pro Sports Fans. Download the app, PSF underscore app. PS, that's their social media. The PSF app. This is where I'm going to be streaming myself, analyzing games with other Dodger fans. We'll have content as well, answering your questions. This is very in a very exciting up-and-coming app, so make sure to check it out. Pro sports fans, excited to see what they do. Um, I am one of their first Dodger content creators. And yeah, all the Dodgers content all day. Let's go Dodgers. Micah's Claiborne asking, is Bueller a bullpen arm or are they going to work him into the starting rotation? Uh, I mean, everything I know about the Dodgers will leads me to say bullpen because they make these guys coming back from injuries ramp up for seven months. So there's just not enough time for him to come back as a starter, in my opinion. Yeah, I did it with Dustin May last season. To As a starter? He was a starter. Yeah, but I think May came back before September 1st, like well before September 1st. I don't, I don't know. It was I believe he came August. back in August, like early August. Right. But if Bueller comes back September 1st, that's... He's not coming back September full... 1st. He claims he is. I, I don't know. I, I need to see where Bueller's at before I can even answer the question. But if Walker Bueller is 90 or 80% of what he is, I'm putting him in the postseason rotation. Mm. Why not? He is a dog. Know. It's all about mechanics. He's throwing 95, 96 already. I that's very to get hurt. You can't have him get hurt again. It's definitely the priority. My to... guess, my guess, my guess would be based on this the what David was saying is that he'll be he'll be out of the bullpen, but we'll see. I mean, he's I didn't expect him to be back this season at all, and he's kind of defying those odds. So, I mean, anything's possible, I guess. What I could see is kind of a piggyback Bueller and Yarbrough start. Yeah, that I think make that sense. makes sense. Yeah, probably more of yeah an opener. Could go three, four. It's going to be dicey. Innings. It's going to be dicey in the playoffs. It really is. I mean, yeah. we're 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 really going to hope and pray that that the starting rotation can give us a chance. Like that that that's that's what we're looking at right now. I mean, given the injuries, given the you know the the Julio Rios's of the world. I mean, we we are really hoping and praying that this starting staff can do something 
positive in the playoffs. Clayton Kershaw is not at 100%, and he's expected to be activated for the Rockies series. That's going to give us a lot of intel of where this Dodgers rotation stands, um, which I guess leads us to the question from Castillo. Jason, do we have the pitching to get to the World Series? We have the offense to get to the World Series, I think. We don't, I don't, I mean, the pitching I have zero confidence in because one, one night to the next, it's different. Um, the bullpen has been a little bit more consistent as of late, but then you'll have a, a, a Ferguson Almonte night where it's just inexplicable. Um, the problem is a lot of the, it, it's either, it's either the starting rotation puts us in a hole that we can't climb out of, or we build a lead and the bullpen blows it. So it's, it's very, uh, I'm not I'm not 100% confident. I mean the names that we have, I'm I I historically have been confident in them, but this year has been so all over the map that it's hard to have confidence in these guys going into the Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for 1.29 each, then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for 2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Playoffs. I agree. Although, you know who we do have, who I haven't talked about since I've been on this podcast, since he was acquired. You know. Didn't you already bring him up earlier? No, I haven't said his name once. Wait, who? Okay, say his name. Saying about Lance Lynn. Lance Lynn. You already baby. brought his name up. We got him, ladies and gentlemen. We got him. After two years of me begging for this guy, we finally fucking got him. Has looked like the second coming of Cy Young as in a Dodgers uniform. So actually, Castillo, Jason, I'm going to say yes, strictly because of Lance Lynn, and what they've done with him is what the Dodgers do with every pitcher they acquire. They look at his pitch makeup and they say, that pitch sucks, stop throwing it. Throw your fastball and throw your curveball. In July, Lance Lynn, fastball percentage, 37.8%. Since being acquired as a Dodger, 57.1%. Cutter, Cutter in July, 25%. Since his Dodger, 10.6%. He's throwing his fastball a shit ton more, and he's also throwing his curveball. They just basically told him, throw out the cutter enough. We're going to go fastball, curveball mostly, mix in a couple change-ups and sliders and stuff as well. But this is a guy who I've been saying can just go out there and empty the fucking tank, 110 pitches. You know exactly what you're going to get. He's going to throw strikes, and he's going to give you everything he's got, unlike 98% of this Dodgers rotation who – gets to 70 pitches and Dave Roberts has seen enough. So that's the type of stuff in the playoffs that plays where even in the playoffs, your pitch count is not, you're not going to really adhere to the hundred, hundred pitch mark. You're going to go on feel. And Lance Lynn is a feel pitcher. You saw it in San Diego and you saw it against Oakland. He was rolling at times. There was in the second, first or second or, or third inning in San Diego it was a little shaky, but after that he, he, he honed it in and he was lights out. So I'm comfortable with Kershaw, Arias, Lynn, and then either Bobby Miller or some kind of combo with Yarbrough and uh, Bueller or someone else. So I, I'm going to say yes, honestly. Yeah, I mean, the only the only drawback I have on Lynn is I just hope that he can keep runners off the bases because he does tend to give up a lot of home runs. And yeah. we have seen that 
you know, we saw him give up three home runs, three solo shots Four, uh, against the A's. So it's it's sort of the righty Andrew Heaney syndrome. But I, yep. I honestly feel like if he can keep guys off off base, like he he's a horse. And uh, and and yeah, I mean, you 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 want guys like that on the mound in the playoffs with that kind of mentality. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I do like that. But it's it's been so all over the map for the for the collective here that it yeah. just uh, God, it's just I'm, I'm so worried. But maybe this is good because in years past, I've been actually pretty confident going to the playoffs and 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 was humbled. So um, maybe maybe this is the way to go. So far, Lance Lynn has been pretty good in a Dodgers uniform, 277 ERA. Pretty good. Like, would like to see him face some playoff competition. That's really the litmus test. For now, he's doing his job. He's eating innings, and that's really all you can ask. The Dodgers desperately needed to acquire an innings eater, and Lance Lynn definitely fills that mold. So I'm happy with that. Joe Kelly's been fine, too. I loved that he was just in Fernando Tatis Jr.'s face, called him a bitch. That is the attitude we need. And, I mean, he's not really a high-leverage guy that I would be the my first option out of the pen. So I feel like Friedman didn't really address that need, but hey, Joe Kelly's solid. He's a guy that you can bring in to like high leverage in the early innings. I feel like they they tend to go yep. to they they've used him in the past in the playoffs where he'll just come in in a really tight spot in like the fourth inning um, and and get out of jams. He's got the mentality, he's certainly got the pedigree and the and and the track record um of of pitching in big games and he's looked he's looked great so far it's just it's just weird when you get when you get guys like kelly and kike hernandez it's it's like those are your boys like that for whatever reason when they put on a dodger uniform things change um their attitude changes the way they play changes um you know we we saw that kind of with, with the surge of trace thompson for a minute there um putting back putting the dodger uniform back on really does things to guys good riddance Um, trace yeah right um, I, I forgot he's, he's back on the white Sox now. Um, but did a uh, place to be right now? Yeah. Did we want to talk about, uh, Seth Lugo for a second about his, his allegations or a fucking loser that, that guy is. I mean, I don't really care, but I'll talk about it. Kevin, did you want to bring that up or you brought it up? I, he just, he's thinks we're stealing signs. Yeah. But he think, no, he thinks we're picking up on him tipping his pitches which is entirely legal and has been done since baseball was created by Abner Doubleday in the 1800s. Was that what he was calling Bush League? Yes. Hmm. Interesting. And he actually technically didn't say Bush League. It was just that one Padres account just said that. But I went back and read the story, and there was no mention of him saying the word Bush League. So... Well, then that kind no, of he's just being a giant, giant baby. Like, go fucking pitch better. Stop throwing batting practice. Stop tipping your pitches. And if you're going to complain about the Dodgers capitalizing on tipping your pitches, what do you want them to do? Just be like, hey, man, you're tipping your pitches. Just wanted to let you know. So we're going to tell you now and not capitalize on it. No, get the fuck out of here. We're not holding your hand. We're going to score eight runs on you, and then you can cry about it in the postgame. End of story. I think he owned it, though. He owned it. Who owned it? Seth Lugo. I don't know if he owned it. When you read like the actual San Diego Tribune article, not these like knockoffs that just love to take things out of context. It's really no different than Andre Jackson earlier in the season when people were like defending him saying, oh, he was just tipping his pitches. You tipped your pitches. You sucked. Get better next time. 
Yeah, that's pretty much okay. what it comes down to. Um, I like this question from Para One Eighteen. Who in this organization has it against Michael Bush? His stat line is three twenty one, four twenty six, five ninety three, and now he's up to twenty home runs and seventy three RBIs in Triple A. What of a wa- what a waste of a well, talent. It seems like the Dodgers started out. Yeah. It seems like the Dodgers started out the season by saying, you know, let's let the kids play. Let's find out what we got. We got yep. Vargas. They called up Bush for a time. Outman's the only one left. Stone yeah. For the position. Gavin Stone up there, Bobby Miller, James Outman, you know, they let them all play. And it didn't really go that well. Although for Bush's sake, I don't think that they really gave him that that fair of a shot i mean he really didn't play that much no, uh, he didn't when he was on the team but now that they've added all these veterans and you've got mookie Betts playing second base there's really nowhere to put michael bush unless you bring him up and you start him at third base for max muncie but again he'll be out of the lineup when jd martinez comes back so there's really no spot for him at this point and, it, and he's kind of been blocked for quite some time. So it's a little unfortunate because I would like to see him play. I mean, he's hitting the shit out of the ball right now. He might be better than Miguel Vargas for all we know, but they won't play him. And like you said, we just might never know. With J.D. Martinez battling some hamstring injuries, maybe there's your opportunity to have him play DH for 10 days. But again, who knows if that's even happening. Yeah, I think that's his only window the rest of the year. I don't know why, though. I, it's a good question. I just I don't know why he's not playing or didn't I get a they've chance. Changed, they've changed the rules in the past. They, they they still have the you expand the rosters, right? At some point. Yes, to two, which is actually the la- final question from Clay Regulia. Who will the Dodgers call up on September 1st? Because you're granted two extra roster spots. Well, you're definitely going to get Does a pitcher. Does that include a pitcher? Yeah, I think you can do one of each. Okay, well, a pitcher is for sure coming up just to save some innings out of these bullpen guys. But, I mean, yeah, it's got to be Bush. Who else could it be? Vargas? Yeah. No. No. They, they, already to... gave, they already gave Hernandez or someone his number. He's he's not coming back this year. He'll have to wear a minor league number. I guarantee I you he's not coming I don't think back it, I don't think it's based off numbers. I think it's based off numbers, how you're doing in the minors. Yeah. Didn't Joe Kelly take 17 again? Yep. Yeah. Sucks Was for that... anyone that bought a Miguel Vargas jersey. Guess you made yeah. the wrong investment. Wait, did Hernandez take Vargas's number or no, Kelly? Hernandez took eight. Oh, Vargas yeah. was 17. Oh, Vargas no. 17. Next year. If he's here. That that article you sent Kevin in the chat about having a all these rule five guys, that's something we should talk about. At some point. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly a great offseason discussion, but some of these guys that are Rule 5 eligible include Kyle Hurt, Nick Frasso, Landon Knack, Jose Ramos will be back in the pool. Um, that's Those are the first names that come to my head. I'm sure I'm missing another great player. I'm trying to find it right now. That's why I was surprised the Dodgers. How many were more are they allowed aggressive. to hold on? Yeah, so here's five? the tweet. Dodgers yeah. have Dodgers have close, 
close to 60 guys that will be Rule 5 eligible, six of which are top 30 prospects. They'll have five to ten spots available. So by doing the math, they have to trade some of these guys or they're going to lose them with zero return. That's from Dodgers Daily. So mm. some people are getting traded, I'll tell you that much. Well, I was surprised the Dodgers weren't more aggressive at the trade deadline. I mean, they're holding on to Bush. They got all these pitching prospects, but they won't have them perform at the major league level. Like Landon Knack is 25-26. Why haven't they given him a spot start? Shouldn't be throwing out Mid-City Grove, who's probably done for the season. It's just ridiculous. He pitched well the other day, dude. Got four outs. Yeah, so maybe that's his role. He should have been a reliever from day one. I don't know well, what they were He's thinking. got good strikeout stuff, so it works out. Michael Grove's the only pitcher I've ever seen have like 10 strikeouts, 10 runs given up, and go six innings. Yeah, well, he got screwed on that one. They let him out there to die because they had to eat, let him eat it. We got screwed as fans. I tweeted, or <laughs> I should say I posted, since that's how you have to phrase it now. Felt bad for any fan that wasted their Sunday watching that monstrosity of performance. Like, they yeah, should just give was, refunds. That was absolutely horrendous. <laughs> it's pretty bad. But yeah, I mean, to answer the question, I think it's going to come down to Vargas and Bush. They're both hitting pretty well at the minor league level. They're both hitting home runs. They're both hitting 300. Um, and then a pitcher. I mean, it could just end up being Victor Gonzalez, who's on there right now. But I doubt he's going to be um, surviving this entire month of August because he's Victor Gonzalez. Or maybe, they bring, maybe they bring back up Sheehan or Stone. It's, it's not going to be much crazier than that. I actually was a big fan of when they would expand the rosters to like 40 in September. Yeah. But that was great. And a team like the Dodgers really capitalized because they had the depth. Yep. That's all I got on my end. So if you guys had any questions or other topics or people you want to roast, have at it. Um, I did have something, but I can't remember what it is now. Someone was being stupid. Someone's always being stupid. Mm-hmm. No, I I don't have anything else. I just I, I just really am encouraged by how resilient this offense continues to be and how it just is carrying this team and they're going to go as far as this offense will take them. It's kind of funny because we had that take last year going into the playoffs. We were like, yeah, I mean, this team's won 111 games, but this offense sometimes disappears and we know how it does in the playoffs. And so they'll go as far as the offense went and it's exactly what happened. The offense just didn't show up at all pretty much during that Padre series. And that was that, but this year it's more, it's a different kind of feel because you know what the capability of this offense is on a given night. Um, And it's a different type of offense. So I think it, it might play a little bit better in, in the playoff setting. I hope so. Agreed. One thing offense that, is one, way better this year. Yeah, it is. One thing that came out though is uh this reporter Daniel Kim, I guess he oh, reports yeah. on the KBO, has said the Dodgers are on the verge of signing highly touted pitching prospect. I don't want to butcher this, but here it goes. Hyun Suk Jang. Hyun Suk Jang. I'm sorry, Mr. Jang, if I'm butchering that. But he would have apparently gone first in the KBO draft. He's like 19 years old, throwing 97. Watch some of his highlights. If you noticed, uh, the Dodgers traded two lower-level prospects for international signing money, and this would indicate it was for this. So they could have got their next highly touted 
uh, pitching prospect. I mean, I watched some of this guy's highlights and he looks just absolutely disgusting. So that's something to keep in mind. Uh, it's apparently not done yet, but it's certainly looking like they're going to sign him. Jang, Mr. Jang. I'm going to call him Mr. Jang for now. Mr. Jang. Bring on the diversity. Could definitely use some Asian pitchers. I miss Kenta Maeda while we're on the topic. Yeah, I miss him too. I I loved, loved Kenta Maeda. He was so good in relief in that. uh, He was a dog. He was an absolute He was. He hated pitching in relief because I guess it's like, I don't know. It's something in Japan where it's like starters get more glory or something. But that might have that might have played in his favor though. Him pitching pissed off, like him pitching in relief cost him millions. That was the thing. He was on yeah. this weird structured contract. The he worst to... deal ever. That agent should be sent to somewhere where you cannot be an agent anymore. I mean, that was one <laughs> of the worst contracts I've ever seen. As for a player. Yeah, it was just filled was with still incentives. On it. I think he was still on it until maybe even now or last he's, year. He's um he's on his last year, I think. I think he's a yeah, free agent insane. for 2024. Such a bad deal. It cost him a ton of money. But yeah, yeah. I miss him. I would have I would have taken him at the deadline. He's pitching well too yeah. after coming back from injury. Well, he was almost a Dodger allegedly because they were trying to work out a three-team trade where Erod, who's being a anti-Dodger West Coast guy, would have gone to Minnesota because that wasn't on his no-trade team list, and Maeda would have been swung to the Dodgers. But it was too complicated and didn't work out. Alas. I've heard that before with a three-team trade with Kenta Maeda involved. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That is true. I just think the idiot of the week – has to go to the Baltimore Orioles for firing. Yeah. Their- no, they didn't fire him. He's they coming back. Him. He's coming back. Well, suspended him. Is he coming back for sure? Yeah, Friday, they said. Kevin Brown. Well, then, still, even just threatening his job, putting him on a suspension for not even saying anything out of line. I mean, all he did was basically say this is the first time this team's competitive in like 10 years. But he didn't even other- say that. He literally just stated the record against the Rays. Here's the here's why this is stupid. Number one, it wasn't just like an off the cuff fact that he had. This was printed in the in the game yeah. notes that the team compiles. They had a graphic. They put to, well. I'll get to that in a second. But the team puts together game notes for everybody in the press box, all the beat writers, all the broadcasters. Both teams have just breakdowns of different situations, records in different situations, all these stats so that they can use them in their reports and on the air. This was in the game. That that stat that he read off was in the game notes. Secondly, to David's point, it was a pre-produced segment. So he had to have worked with a producer, with the guys in the truck, the graphic designer of the graphic to throw that up. So for him to, to take the fall for all of that is just insane it's just absolutely ludicrous and I, I i don't know it just seems like there might be more to the story than that because this just seems like the dumbest thing i've ever heard i also have another idiot of the week yeah. oakland a's fans in general okay and i'm going to tell you why Dieter rule played viva oh. las vegas at dodger stadium uh on the organ harmless it's funny they're moving Sorry, they're moving. It's happening. All of these people are coming out of the woodwork from their hovels and caves. And just now all of a sudden, they're traveling all across the country. 
and putting up these sell the team things and handing out cards. Where the hell were you the last 10 years? Where were you? You weren't at the stadium. You certainly weren't at the Coliseum in Oakland because the attendance uh, uh, tallies show that you weren't. Even when you were good, when you were that that really good team with Olsen and Chapman, when you made the playoffs, you might even won the division, I don't know, five-ish years ago, you were 21st in attendance. What are you doing? So, yes, do I think the A's got screwed, the fans got screwed with a shitty owner who should have stayed in Oakland because they do actually have a solid core of a fan base. But all of these people clutching their pearls now when it's too late just to put on a show and show how victimized they are, save it. You had 10 years to go to that stadium, 20 years to go to that stadium to give that owner what he wanted to keep the team. The facts are that dude owns the team. He can do whatever the fuck he wants. You can make an argument that that's stupid. I'm not making that argument. I'm just saying that's the reality of the situation. So if you're crying now, you should have been crying 10 years ago and you should have been at the stadium buying hot dogs. Also, the 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 one guy that really came down on Dieter Rule was Chris Rose. Weirdly, like that, like what what what's what's he doing? I mean, I just like in terms of things to get upset about, like that ridiculous. To me was just like the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Like what wh- why what why is that angering you, Dieter Rule, who's brilliant and comes up with these great little riffs for pretty much any situation? It's kind of remarkable what he's able to do, and pretty much. All organists now, the job description is you need to be snarky and you need and you need to come up with ways in which to to clown the other team. So that's all that was. Just take it and move on. It's ridiculous. Yep. Should have been at the Coliseum, fans. Oakland Ace fans are wearing it. Didn't the Astros rip them months ago saying 10 runs in front of tens of fans or something, too? Yeah, Yeah, yeah. And then that, yeah, that, I thought that I'm, was funny. They deleted I'm the, that. I'm the Whoever biggest put that advocate, out. I think got in trouble. I'm the biggest advocate of get the A's the hell out of Oakland. Who the hell goes to Oakland? Las Vegas is a million times cooler, better, up and coming city. I want to watch a game in Vegas. I'm not going to Oakland ever to watch a game in my life. That's yeah. That's, I mean, that's how I feel. I. Again, I'm on team. They should have kept it in Oakland and just made an expansion team or something because the MLB is headed for that anyway. But, you know, you can't be clutching your pearls now, man. You just can't. It's over. You lost it. Yeah. Worked out for the Rams. That's all I can say. Worked out for the LA Rams to move. Oh, it's going to work out. It's going to be great for that franchise financially and and fan base wise. Vegas has giant, you know, couple million population waiting for a team. So, you know, they'll fill that stadium. But that's not that's not my point. My point is that has history in Oakland, no matter how shitty the stadium is, how shitty the city is and how cheap the city is. That's still that franchise has a rich history in Oakland. And I think I think no team should move because of that. But, you know. It is now these it is. now these fans are making me care less because they're being such babies. They'll never have a team again. It's over. Oh, it's completely over. That city has bungled three franchises across three sports in three years. <laughs> it has. No, I it, no. I'm the Warriors. I'm at how true it is. Raiders and this team. Yep. Now you got nothing. Sorry, Oakland. All right. Well, that's all I got. My final thoughts are: James Altman's a god. What a find. What a gem. 
continue to root for James Altman because he is just tearing the cover off the ball and they need to start him every day. None of this platoon BS. James Altman, you rock. Got final thoughts, Jake? I gave mine already. All right. My final thoughts are this Taylor Swift tour needs to end. Enough. What I've a bad enough. take. No, you can't even no, name five Taylor no. Swift songs. You're goddamn right I can't, but I've had enough of her. Enough. How many days are you going to be doing this? Every single day. It's like, oh, it's Taylor Swift. What surprise songs? These people are lunatics. How are you this obsessed Aren't with Aren't you like artist? the biggest proponent of making money? Like, weren't you the guy that said, if I'm a fan that catches a ball, I'm milking every cent out of it? So why are you criticizing Taylor Swift, who sells out I'm not criticizing night? her. I'm criticizing the fans. You just said, why play every night or whatever? Because no, she I makes get financially. Millions. I get financially why she plays every night. But at the same time, enough. You've been on tour every day for what, if, what feels like months. And I, I'm, I've That's had enough. That's what touring is, David. Well, are you new to musicians? <laughs> Well, it's it's gone on long <laughs> enough. Like, rest on your laurels. I can't imagine how much money she makes just on one of these nights. So, like 55 Taylor, million made, a night. Yeah, you've made your money. Go sit in wherever the hell you live and just enjoy it. Kind Put your true. feet up. Get send send all these lunatic, crazy, obsessed. Oh my god, people home. Send you know, them home. Make them go to work again. I feel like every Taylor Swift fan right now has just put their entire life on pause and justified it. They're like, they called into work. Sorry, Taylor's on tour. I'm going seven nights this week. I can't do it. You know, I, I thought I, I screwed up in pissing off the biking community, but this is, this is a, this is, I don't think anybody who listens to this podcast is going to be a diehard Taylor Swift fan. If you posted, someone should clip this and post this and then I'll get fucking blown to kingdom. I want to see that. I would like to see that. I'll bring them on because these people are insane. In terms of insane fan bases for anything in the world, I think Taylor Swift is number one. I okay, maybe no, North Korean BTS, North, Kore- North <laughs> Korean citizens number one, but that's South, not even their fault. South oh Korea, God, two, K-pop. maybe no, 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 no. I think Taylor Swift is worse than K-pop. I really no, do. I do. Not. BTS it's fans are insane. How these people are doing insane. this every single night. What are her surprise songs? I don't care. Go to Spotify. You heard all the songs. It's over. You've been on tour for seven months. Wrap it up, Taylor. Tired of this shit. How does this affect you? Because I'm annoyed by it. And I don't (laughs) like being annoyed. That's like saying, let's just stop the baseball season because they play 162 games. That is not the same thing. It is absolutely the same thing. No, it is not. They play from stadium to stadium. For six, seven months out of the year, there are people that literally live and breathe baseball. I can admit I'm one of them. Same thing. It might be less money, but it's still the same thing. I don't think it's the same thing because I think those baseball fans have lives. They go to the baseball game. How many hours a night do you spend watching Dodgers? It's not. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying these people who are obsessed and diehard have put their entire lives on pause for this they really have it's like one night out of the year no no no. it's not i wish it was one night it should be one night but every single day it's like oh yeah i got a friend who works at sofi stadium as a banquet manager he he wants to jump off a bridge they're working his ass off because taylor swift is playing 17 days in a row why what is this enough five days you get five days 
After five days, your tour at one facility is over. Well, she's doing six, but well, that's, that's one too many enough. by my rules. I just made past the cutoff. So yeah, <sighs> but she sold them all out. So Taylor Swift's winning at life. I mean, she's just pumping out two albums a year. She is making a I'm not arguing dollars that. this year. Harry, right. I talked to Harry Style fans. It's the same thing. It's any musician. It's just Taylor Swift is Taylor Swift. She's why, like, though? what she's is the Shohei Otani of music? Why? Why? Can you explain why you're the resident music person here? Why? Because I've every album, every album she puts out generates a number of smash hits. How many musicians, artists perform three and a half hours every night? You don't find That's that because very it's often. insane. They should. That, it's insane. She is, she is like the Lance Lynn of what you want. She is just a, hor <laughs> a horse out there. Okay, but I, you still haven't Empties answered my question. Empties the tanks. You haven't answered my question. I've heard her music. I don't think it's bad. I think she's talented. But I don't understand the, the music to the, to the obsession. I don't understand it. She seems like any other artist who's like good. What is it? They're, she what? just treats her fans very well, I think, is the answer. Oh, my God. It's oh, it's just nonsensical. I just want these I people Taylor to be Swift, functional members of a, society. It's a community. Again. I know a lot of Swifties. They're a very tight-knit group. Probably bigger than any sports franchise fan base. Lunatics. All right, wrap it up. <laughs> All right, that's it. Inclined Dodgers podcast over. Make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast episodes make sure to download give us a five-star rating let us know your thoughts on taylor swift i'd love to hear that and if you're watching on youtube give us a give us a like and a follow and all that fun stuff this is kevin klein here speaking and everyone have a great week go dodgers we'll be back next week four games against the rockies two against arizona let's see how the dodgers do against some mediocre teams without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running everything would suddenly stop hospitals factories schools and power plants they all depend on you no matter the weather emergency or time of day you're the ones who get it done at granger we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies count on real-time product availability and fast delivery call clickgranger.com or just stop by granger for the ones who get it done when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.